Welcome to College Football Roundtable, your source for college football coverage, including major storylines, playoffs, can't miss game previews, and picks each week. Join your hosts, Dan, Rob, and Jordan at the roundtable for a show unlike anything else. As for Football presents the College Football Roundtable. Nate Diaz, it's his last fight. Did they set him up? Is it a hit job? Did Nate ask for the fight? Is Nate just taking this to win so he can go and box Jake Paul? We don't know. That's basically- Jake Paul, hold on a second. Hey, look, we got Trigger Joe on. Uh, if you guys don't realize, this is not the Veteran Trash Talk Hour. This is not the UFC preview. This is Ring Knocker Radio. Or uh, somewhere a producer's getting fired. I got my wires crossed. All right, boys, I can talk some college football. I'm okay, you can talk college football. Clearly, you have a Michigan jersey on. I don't know if that's actually a college football team, but uh, we'll leave that one out for the judges. Noted. Yeah, but uh, hey, welcome back. What's up, Trash Talkers? This is uh, College Football Roundtable, or if you prefer, Ring Knocker Radio. I'm your host, Rob. Uh, we've got Dano Ikebesa. He is in the city right now, so if you hear a bus, it's probably uh, Dan dodging uh, traffic, uh, similar to O.J. Simpson way back in the day. But the third person on your screen right now is Trigger Joe from the Veteran Trash Talk Hour. So it's awesome to have him here. We're doing a co-promotion, as always, as we did last season. And uh, we're bringing you the college football updates as we see them. We're going to talk service academy football, of course. We may dive into uh, the FCS stuff when we talk about uh, the Merchant Marine Academy, but we'll get later on in the season because uh, FCS is kind of boring unless they're playing a, a you know a big time program and they're upsetting them. But let's talk about last week's football. You know, Northwestern rolled into Ireland and UConn almost pulled it out. Like, what is going on with that? How's it going today? We will start with Joe to see how you guys are doing, and then we'll uh, roll into Dan once he gets set up. Man, I, the, the first of all, the Northwestern game, um, that was one of uh, one of those softballs, if you like to bet, because giving Northwestern 11.5, 12 points, 12.5, whatever it was a kickoff, I didn't care. I was taking Northwestern in the points. I just don't trust Nebraska to beat a better coach team, and I'm sorry, I think Pat Fitzgerald's proven that he's a much more consistent and better coach in my mind than than Scott Frost because football 101 says you do not do an onside kick up 11 in the third quarter. You boot that thing through the back of the end zone and let your defense go to work. <laughs> I have no clue what he was thinking. Um, it's inexcusable. That was a to- that was if I was giving out my Blue Falcon of the week on week zero, it would go to Scott Frost or whoever made the call to do that onside kick because as a defensive guy. You got to be thinking like, wow, that's how much confidence you got in me up 11. You don't trust your defense to, to to give up 80 yards. So the defense comes out flat, gives up a touchdown, they lose the game. So, uh, yeah, if I was handing out Blue Falcon awards in week zero, Scott Frost would get it. All right. But yeah, that's that, that's my take. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. So, you know, and we talked about this offline, but like we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. But let's talk about the Northwestern game. OK, like, look, it's high profile. You're on television. You're international. If you're Scott Frost, the last thing that you want to do is lose this game by seven points. Why? Because that's been that's the party line. That's going to be the headline for Nebraska until they upset a power five team. And it will be an upset because, you know, 
Pat Fitzgerald made the adjustments after last year, which he lost by 14. I think it was 17 points the year prior. And straight up, being completely honest, you know, you look at you look at uh, Scott Frost's record as the the Nebraska coach. He, like I read two different places, but he is plus you know 10 losses by less than seven points. So he's got like five wins. And I think it's up to like 21 games now that he's lost by seven points. So as a coach, that means something is going wrong. Your team can't finish. But speaking of finishing, we'll continue to talk about this a little bit later. But let's toss this over to Dan. How are you doing today? Yo, man, I am here. Uh, We're doing our best. Uh, I am still a little depressed about the UConn game. I realize that I'm probably the only Connecticut fan uh, that's listening to this right now. But as you know, I am from the same hometown as uh, UConn quarterback Tyler Pumachan. I was very much looking forward to Pumachan, uh, seeing Pumachan play, and then they didn't start him, which, okay, you're going to start your flashy transfer four-star quarterback, but then that guy goes down with an injury, and you put in a true freshman who they trusted to do nothing except hand the ball off and or throw screen passes, and his first pass from scrimmage was an interception, and they wind up losing that game. Very frustrating to me. Uh, I think the Huskies' defense looked really, really good. I think this Huskies team is definitely going to surprise some people down the road. Um, but uh, it was just it was a frustrating game watching a kid who was playing high school football eight months ago out there on the road at Utah State just not quite have enough. Yeah, and, and Utah State was a pretty impressive team last season. You know, like Utah, Utah State was a great game. You know, that usually is because it's a rivalry, but it was there was higher stakes last season. And again, I was happy that new that UConn covered because I took the I took the points on that one. But at first, like that first half, I was impressed. Like I really thought that they were going to keep it together and at least keep the game a little bit closer. But, you know, we'll see what happens. My only other question is, I don't know if you guys saw the photos of the trophy that Northwestern got after winning that football game in Ireland. Pretty bonkers. I mean, it was like it's like Lombardi level crystal trophy kind of thing. That they got. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that thing. Who made the trophy? Like, was it presented by somebody over there? Yeah, I forget who it was. I think it was. So the, it was the, probably pretty extravagant. Yeah, the, I think it was uh, Angle Air or whatever the the host company that was putting it up. And then the only other question that I have about the Northwestern game was like, all right, did the team get free beer after winning the game with the Wi-Fi being down? Because like straight up, I heard that they were like, hey, write an IOU and hand it to your uh, your your drink server in the stadium. And I don't know how well that went. I'm sure they lost a little bit of money on that, but uh, can't be all bad. All right. Rolling into the service academies. All right. So here's the thing. Service academies this week, you got all three academies in action. So army, of course, I think they have the toughest test uh, on the opening weekend. They're playing coastal Carolina. And again, weird colored turf always equals bad news for the, the away team. I know going back to the Boise State games and then looking at uh, Coastal Carolina, pretty tough team. The scary part of it is, is like I'm not really happy that it's on ESPN Plus because I think that would be a marquee matchup for Army if uh, it was on another channel. Uh, we broke it down in more detail detail on the Army football show and then the other two schools. So the boat school is playing FCS Delaware, really like, you know. The Blue Hens went five and six last year, but they look at this as a rivalry game. It's not not necessarily a tune-up game for Navy just because how bad they played the last season. And this game will be broadcast on uh, CBS Sports. Air Force is playing uh, Northern Iowa. 
for a game that won't even be on TV. So watch your uh, your sports play by play on your laptop or phone. And then uh, commander in chief trophy status. We'll talk about this all the time. You know, Army would regain the trophy or retain the trophy if college football ended today. But uh, I think we'll have a good indication of how the seasons are going based off of how these teams roll out of the gate. I mean, Coastal is tough for Army. I don't think anybody will, will second guess the, the level of competition there. If Navy loses to FCS Delaware, this is going to be, you know, again, I think they'll be warming up that uh, assistant coaching job or analytics job at uh, BYU for Ken Niamantalolo because they are not looking so hot. And then Air Force is trying to be consistent as they did last year. So we'll see what's happening with that one. Moving on to the games of the week. Although everybody is not playing, uh, although everybody's not playing this season, there are some some notable games. Hey, you know, Power Five highlights. You got West Virginia and Pitt, so you got the backyard rivalry is going again. That was something that kind of changed when everybody switched uh, conferences and everything else. That kind of sucks because that's usually a good game. Uh, yeah, Illinois and Indiana at eight on Friday night. You got TCU and Colorado playing at ten on Friday night. Rutgers and BC at noon on Saturday. North Carolina State and App State. Uh, is going to be on noon Saturday. You got Oregon and Georgia at 3:30. You got Cincy and Arkansas at 3:30. Utah and Florida at 7. Notre Dame and Ohio State at 7:30. Louisiana at Syracuse. Florida State and LSU play on Sunday at 7:30. And then Monday Night Football, which, like, look, you have to be a winning team to be on Monday Night Football, and that's Clemson and Georgia Tech. And I don't even think anybody's going to watch that game. But uh, Dan, what is your game of the week? Yeah, I am probably most interested in Oregon at Georgia, um, more so than some of the other ranked-on-ranked matchups. But also in the, tam- in the same time slot, number 23, Cincinnati, at number 19, Arkansas. You know, logically, that should be a pretty interesting game. And then at 7 p.m., uh, Utah at Florida. Like, what an interesting test that is for the AP voters in general. Because Florida's not supposed to be good, but it's freaking Florida, and they're playing in the swamp. Versus Utah, who's supposed to be a top 10 team, but yo, they got to go play in the swamp. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that one turns out to be close, even though everybody says Florida stinks. Like, sure, they stink, but they're still Florida. So we'll see. Yeah, I think it's it's about keeping it together, particularly for Florida, because they, they've shown streaks of brilliance and then uh, not so much later on in the year. Joe, what are your thoughts? What games are you going to be watching this week? Well, I'm definitely going to be watching Notre Dame, Ohio State. Um, I think any Big Ten guy and uh, any Midwestern football fan is going to be tuned into that one. Um, you know, I that's that's a that's a tricky line they put out there. I'm looking at 17 and a half, and uh, I could see Ohio State turning it into a track meet and and running away. But you know, it's it's also not far fetched those night games to see Notre Dame pull out something magical and keep it close. I don't think they win the game. I think Ohio State gets out of there. Um, but man, I think I think Ohio State covers the 17 and a half, but it's close for a while. Yeah, I I, um, I think. Uh... It'll be interesting to see if they can if they can close, you know, because that's been one of the problems that Ohio State has had is, is finishing. And, and you don't really see that because they put so many points up on the board in all their other games. The games that they've struggled in are the games that they haven't played well in the second half. So I, I think that's going to be a telltale sign of uh, what's going on. And, and then uh, go. I'm sorry. I, I got no, no I, I, I know you got thoughts because it's Ohio State. So so feel free to elaborate. No, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I I think this is honestly 
a game Ohio State could lose in South Bend if it was reversed, possibly. But they would have to lay an egg. So I'm going to go with the guys that got the that, that have the athletes. And I know Notre Dame's got them, but very few have them like Ohio State does. And uh, I just think that they're position by position better playing at night at home. And they win what's a very good game for three quarters. And I think that they pull away at the end. Um, and, and, and leave no doubt in it. Kind of like the, uh, Wolverines did to him last year. It was a good, you know, maybe something like that, but I digress. Um, I also think it's too early to give, uh, to say Michigan's given 30 and a half to Colorado state. I could see that being a 41 to 13, 41, 17 game. And I, and I also don't like, uh, I think Michigan goes well under the 60 and a half points. I think it's, I think, honestly, I could see that game going 42-14. Yeah, well. I like it at 27. I don't like it at 30 and a half. Yeah, like, you know, being an old-time Colorado fan from high school, watching the Rocky Mountain Showdown every year is always interesting because you can usually throw records out the window. And, you know, CSU playing Michigan is kind of like anybody else from outside of the conference coming into the Big Ten trying to play. You know, it's, it's a dice roll on whether or not that team rises to the occasion and wins. If they do, nine, who are they even? They got a transfer quarterback. Yeah, I don't think uh, I think Colorado State struggles mightily on Saturday because Michigan's defense. They may have lost two first rounders, three first rounders, um, but uh, they're going to be too much. <laughs> yeah. And then for me, the, the games that I'm going to be watching, actually, and, and I'll try and I'll try and keep an eye on it just because I am in North Carolina. But I want to see if uh, North Carolina can keep up the momentum because Drake Maine went 29 for 37, with 294 great. yards and five touchdowns, you know, and that's a pretty impressive like when you look at the stat line, that's pretty impressive. But it was also against Florida A&M. So, you know, we'll see how well he plays against the, you know, a little also bit what better he was team supposed to do. Yeah, I, I mean, I think. I think if, if he would have thrown a pick or had a fumble or something like that, I think people would have been disappointed. But, like, there's some chatter already talking about him being in the Heisman race, which is, you know, which is going to be tough already this year because you've got returning dudes, you know, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, who are both, you know, pretty impressive quarterbacks, particularly at the collegiate level. So it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out for uh, for North Carolina. And, again, that's just going to be the, the chatter in the back of the – in the back of my brain because I live in the state and people are always talking about it and it's always on the local news here. And of course I'll be uh, watching the, the Ohio state game and Notre game game on my phone while I'm at the army coastal Carolina game. Cause again, we're going down to uh, the dirty Myrtle to check out the Chanticleers against army. Hopefully that is a good game. Uh, you know, you're right about that game being a good one. That game should be on TV, man, because you know, army, I mean, show them some love, man. They, they, you know, Coastal is a solid was a solid team. They weren't always, but they've they've developed into a pretty solid football team or school. I mean, they've been consistently better than they were over the last five years. And uh, I mean, it's Army, man. They don't get a whole lot of night games like that. I think it should be on TV. Yeah, it's the disrespect. I, I mean, I but legitimately, I think it's just because of, of branding. I don't know, Dan. What are your thoughts? Yeah, man. I mean, so that's much. a CBS that's Sports fun. contract playing on an ESPN channel and. The way things are going right now, it's just getting nastier and nastier. Not so much between CBS and ESPN, but Fox and ESPN are almost about to divide the college football world in half. And these guys are just not doing each other favors. And I think that's what it is because I agree. You know, it's a, a mid-major marquee matchup. You know, yeah, it's, it's not it's not Florida at the Swamp like 
Like, I understand it's not Georgia or Alabama, but I think a lot of people would care about that game and would watch it if it wasn't on pay TV. I've got I've got an idea what Army can do is they throw back on the all black 80 douche jerseys and magical things are going to happen while wearing that uniform as they did against Navy. So I think they need to bring that uniform back and wear it for the whole season. Yeah, I think that I I think that would be cool. I know that 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 uh, they have some uh, unique contractual agreement with. uh, With Nike. That Can't limits buy one the, of those jerseys, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The 82nd one, like that thing's all cool. blacked out one. I cannot find one. Yeah, you can't find that one. You can't find the one ID one. Of course, you can find the first calf. And I think there's some remnants of the uh, special ops jerseys kind of laying around. So let's talk picks. Weekly locks. Well, you know, I got smoked last week. I think I went 0-3. I definitely went at least 1-2, and 2, but I'm pretty sure I lost all three of my picks. Um, yeah, I, I apparently more happened in the transfer portal over the offseason than I had really was really tracking, and uh, some of my picks just went in the tank. But it's a new week, and, uh, you know, hope springs eternal. So I took App State plus 2.5 versus North Carolina. And it's amazing that this game is at App State, home home team getting two and a half points. But really, this pick is because when I was looking at it, the books had the line all over the place, which usually, you know, there's some arbitrage opportunities. I took the best line I could possibly find, and uh, that's really the, the purpose of this put, pick. By the time uh, people hear this, I'm pretty sure that App State plus two and a half will be off the board. Um, I also took Houston minus four at UTSA. I understand that the Roadrunners are good, but I think people maybe got carried away. I watched them a lot over the course of the last two seasons, and as much as I like them, I don't know if I like that defense that much, and I think that they're getting a little bit too much credit for uh, uh, Conference USA competition. And finally, uh, Utah at Florida plus three. Uh, again, I'll take the, the uh, Gators at home getting points. Like, I don't know, man. Utah could pull it out, but I – I think that game is going to be close. I think that game is going to be entertaining, and I think the SEC is still the SEC. So that's my thoughts. Yeah, I think that's a pretty. I think that's a pretty fair assessment. I mean, you know, uh, unfortunately, we haven't seen much of a change with you know most roads running through the SEC. You know, occasionally you get a Big Twelve team that kind of pulls it together, but uh, or a Big Ten team that pulls it together. But it, last year's playoff. Way too much power coming out of the SEC, which sucks for everybody else in, in college football until they expand the the playoff. And and everybody knows our druthers about that. And we've had a pretty long conversation with quite a few folks about uh, the old offseason uh, or postseason makeup. All right. So my picks right now, I have uh, Oregon at 16 and a half at Georgia. I'm going to give the points to I'm going to take the points on Oregon. The reason why I say that is because Oregon is always strong in the season at the beginning of the year. They upset Ohio State last year, the opener, and Oregon usually comes in prepared. Georgia has a lot of gaps based off of the draft, based off of people leaving uh, from last season. So I think if Oregon was going to sneak in on points, I would give them the nod in this game. I'm not going to call the outright win. I think it'll be close, but I, I definitely think it'll be closer than 16 and a half. I'm sure that line will move as we get closer to Saturday, but uh 
straight up, I think the Ducks will, at the minimum, cover. They're going to play Georgia tough just because they always play, you know, tough the first 10 weeks of the season. And then somewhere between, you know, the Oregon State game and week 13, they lay an egg for real and just uh, totally screw up their chances for the postseason. So I'm going to stick with that one. And uh, the second game, I'm going to say Cincy and Arkansas. And I know that we talked about this one earlier, but uh, again, the SEC being the SEC would be awesome to watch Cincy go down there and, and smack around Arkansas. But again, Arkansas was great the first half of the season. So they went, what, eight or nine and no last year. So they were pretty stout and coming out of the first game, you know, Cincinnati, I would say they're probably emotionally nicked up based off of what happened to them in the playoff against an SEC team. So, you know, you could have two two kind of mindsets going in that game. Either we're going to get revenge on the SEC and they make mistakes because they're being too aggressive or they're going to have that sitting in the back of their mind because the SEC has been living in their head rent free for uh, the winter time. So I think either way, that mental aspect of the game is going to come into play. So I'm going to give Arkansas the points. But uh, I'm I'm not willing to take them out right, but I think they're going to, you know what, I'm just going to call it. Arkansas will win. They will beat Cincinnati this weekend. And, Joe, we'll pass it over to you because I know you've got some thoughts. Yeah, you know, and, and you guys make it very clear uh, week one as to why you do what you do and you're successfully growing what you're doing because we all have similar picks. So I'm going to go off a couple of variations of some other ones that I was looking at so I can give a little bit of a different look like, okay, uh, Central Michigan traveling out to uh, play Oklahoma State on Thursday night. I think that's a very, very tough trip for Central Michigan. Uh, I know this school well. Um, I went to their football camp every year. I, I, I follow Central, um, and they don't do well in track meets. And Oklahoma State's going to, I mean, they're going to move the ball. So uh, only given 21 and a half, um, I like Oklahoma State to roll. I mean, I, I, don't see, I don't see Central Michigan keeping up with them. And I like, I like Oklahoma State to cover 21 and a half. Um, night game, first game of the year, Oklahoma State's going to be rowdy. So, and they like to hang the points up. So there's one of mine. I did have uh, the same take on the Utah-Florida game. I also had the same take on the Houston uh, um, Houston minus four going into uh, UTSA. So those are those are two picks that I would roll with because I'm very confident in them as well. Um, I like the under in the Michigan game. I really do. I don't see that game going over 60. I just I just don't. Um, I know Cade McNamara is going to start that game, which means they're probably – I don't know how they're going to roll. They say J.J. McCarthy is going to start the second week, so I don't know if they don't use him at all, which would be the smart move. If you're going to start Cade, then start Cade. When you pull him, give the backup a roll and not J.J. and then do the same thing next week. So hopefully they do that. And I think Michigan might take the foot off the gas a little bit when they get up. You know, they're, They've got some athletes, but they're not just going to roll, hang a 60 on somebody – Every single day, they they usually end up in the mid 40s somewhere. I could see this being a 41-13 game and uh, Colorado State covering. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So I I I do like Colorado State plus 30 and a half, and I like the under in that game. So as the season progresses, also that will be my field of expertise. Like if you're traveling to the Army game, I'll be going to Michigan games. 
We have season tickets. I follow them religiously. And, uh, but you know, it's week one. You know, you got to see how everybody gels. You're a big line guy. Michigan says their offensive line's elite. And if it is, um, these lines moving and everything else, I'll be very comfortable in my Michigan week two pick. And from there on out, I guarantee you that much. So that's how I feel. Week one, Michigan, uh, I know I, I definitely, they're going to win the game. I think they steamroll, but I think they let off the gas. And I also don't like, like Alabama giving up 41 and a half to, to Utah State. When Nick Saban has no rivalry, he lets off the gas when he's hammering a small school. He always does it. Well, why did, why, okay, why they only beat Mercer 49 to 14? Because they stopped, they just stopped. They let, they, they took the foot off their throat, you know, it's, but anybody else that can take, defend themselves like Ohio State or somebody else, yeah, he's going to mash the gas for four quarters, but he actually is merciful to these smaller schools. So I, I would take a flyer on Utah State plus 42. Hmm. You know, I could see. So I do look at it differently when I see these huge inflated lines. There's a reason for it. Um, but uh, I like Western Michigan plus 22 and a half going uh, going to play Sparty. They've pulled that upset plenty of times. Michigan State doesn't have Kenneth Walker anymore. Yeah. You know, they don't have Superman. And that dude beat Michigan single-handedly. I watched it. It was one of the greatest college football performances I've ever seen. And uh, he single-handedly carried them and beat Michigan. And we knew he was running, and we couldn't stop him. So, yeah, that dude's legit. And they lost that. I They can't replace that. They won't replace that. Um, so I don't see them handling Western Michigan. I see that being another close game. And it being like a 28-14 and uh, Western Michigan easily covering 22 points. All right. so. That's that's a fair assessment. And like I said, I think I think really, like you mentioned, it's week one. Like really, you don't know. Honestly, you you don't know how the season's going to gel out until probably about the first three games, maybe the first half of the season, because you can be you know you can be three and three and still come back and still make it to a bowl game. You know, as a six and you know you don't want to. Shit, Colorado State started off 0-3, I believe, last year, didn't they? Yeah, and they, and they, they came, came back. back got to 500 and over 500 for a second. Or no, yeah. maybe not. They went 3-9. and nine. Yeah, so, I mean, it's 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 possible for, you know, for a team to turn it around and still end up 6-3 and three or 5-4. and four. And with all the bowl games that are out there, it's easy for you to become eligible again. And I don't know if I like that, but, like, when the bowls are strapped and they're like, hey, we'll take a five-win team and put them in a postseason. Participation Trophy America. Yeah, gentlemen. But I think but I think there's something important to, to you know, giving the athletes another opportunity, you, you know, and and now with NIL and everything else, like it just gives that kid an, another opportunity on the field to you know, monetize his stats. Well, you and, know, what's beautiful about that NIL and I, I'm so sorry I cut you off is that now I'm going to play in that bowl game because I did my sponsor just called and said you get on that commercial during the bowl game and we will put another stipulation in here, another stipulation in here. And he's going to be compensated for going out and playing in that bowl game. So now we might see some really good ones. You know what I'm saying? Cause because of the NIL, like the superstars will say, hey, you know, my sponsor's paying me to be in a commercial at the uh, bell tire bowl, you know? Yeah. And, and I think there's, there's some merit to that. So it'll be interesting to see how this postseason pans out now that NIL has a little bit more legs. Again, I, I still stick with, I think we should have like a Ricky Williams type contract for these players to incentivize them to stay, but also incentivize them to perform. So when you look at uh, O'Quinn Ewers, right, that guy came to Ohio State and we talked about this before, made a million dollars, 
jumped down to Texas and now Arch Manning is in front of him. So like this kid basically made a million dollars for not taking any snaps. I think he took like four or five at Ohio state. Now he's at Texas, you know, he's back in his home state, a million dollars richer. Hey, credit to the kid. But, right. You know, the people that are mad at the kid are, are, are part of the problem. Yeah. I, I, I think that, I, I think it. again, it's going to be one of those things where how's it going to pan out? And it's the same thing with all these adjustments to, you know, the, teams the, moving control implemented eventually on it because yeah, it, it'll get abused. Yeah. Well, and it's the same thing with like the, the mega conferences, like we're going from the power five to, you know, it's going to be the, the, the triad, you know, you're going to have SEC, you know, the big 12 and the big 10, I think are going to be 16. Yeah. I, I think that's really what's going to end up happening. And that's going to change the face of college football, particularly with all the zeros that are attached to that Fox contract that the big 10 just signed. I mean, it's, it's I huge. Think I for, speak for Michigan fans too. When I say to anybody who's a USC or UCLA fan, the needle for fear went like this when you guys joined. It's like that. That's how the needle moved because they're about to find out how much fun it is to play in the Big Ten for a full year. Because everybody, you know, everybody, there's a reason why it took so long for Notre Dame to once again say, no, we're not doing it. They don't want to run that gamut. They don't want to see Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, and Penn State, Wisconsin in the same season. I don't blame them. Yeah, I, I think teams in the Big Ten don't want to schedule those teams, and they have to. You know, so I think there's there's something to that. But we're gonna close the show, Dan. You have a favorite thing that you want to talk about before we end this? Ah, just that there's a bunch of college football. Uh, quick shout out to our patrons. You know, we do our games and locks of the week post every week. This week it's gonna be like six pages because there's so many games. Looking forward to putting it together. So, uh, you know, it's that's kind of our guide to what we're watching and what you should watch. And uh, if you're if you are interested in that, we give that out to all three levels of our on Patreon. So, you know, check that out. Yeah. So games and locks of the week. Look for that. And of course, you know, if you are part of the Patreon, again, we got hardware on the line. The the cruiserweight title is available. So that will end up. It's going to end up at Dan's place because I'm going to hand that off to him at the Villanova game. And then. Uh, Everybody else will be vying for the strap at the end of the year. But let's close this thing out. I am Rob the Angry Colonel. This has been Ring Knocker Radio. And uh, we're in and out this college football roundtable. We'll see you guys next week. And, uh, hey, enjoy the games this weekend. College football is back. As for Football would like to thank you for your continued support of the Army Football Podcast. As for Football and Army Athletics. Find us across all platforms of social media at As for Football. Join the As for Football team for our next episode coming soon to a podcast platform near you.